our bodies are our best friends. They've been through everything with us. There's no experience we'll ever have without them. Honestly, they're our soulmates, so you can probably stop looking for yours because you're already inside of her. But are we our body's best friends? Do we listen to our bodies? Or do we get frustrated every time they tell us something was wrong? Welcome to the Pussy Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Simonu. And for those of you who have been our dedicated listeners, we love you and we're so grateful for you. Thank you so much for tuning in every Tuesday for your weekly turn on. You might be wondering, where's Vanessa? She has moved on to more aligned opportunities and we wish her all the best from the Pussy Podcast. Today, our guest is Becca Bowers. She's a licensed therapist and she's here to teach us how to come back home to ourselves and how we can be in our bodies rather than fighting against them. So Becca, give us a little intro of yourself. Um, What's your mission? What are you into? So, I mean, my mission is definitely to to bring forward our own um, embodied consciousness, you know, to just like make sure that uh, the voices that are going on inside of our head, all those little things that make us feel... Um, uh, you know, a little bit less than don't have as big of a foothold anymore. Mm. Um, and that our really strong voices actually get a chance to, um, to show themselves. Yeah. And so I, we experience so many difficulties in life. And throughout that, we have so many negative thoughts that will occur from those things. Um, and so part of my job is I just love to reframe. I love to, uh, to work with people and make sure that they get a chance to identify some of those um, negative voices that came from negative experiences and get to say that doesn't hold power anymore. Mm. And actually the stuff that I do holds power. Um, So that's like a lot of the stuff that I do. And that goes across the board with so many clients. Um, As far as embodiment goes with women, that is uh, a very personal thing for me as being a woman and um, even working through my own embodiment. Um, I've worked through, uh, I've worked through an eating disorder and I've worked through um, and continue to work through, you know, the process of just like loving my body. Even yes. whenever it feels as though there's so much that I would love to keep working at, to keep changing, it's still good enough and it still serves me and it still supports me and still loves me. And part of that work is really hard to reconcile with sometimes, especially um, as women who we live in a society that says that we are um, a very much less than in terms of equality and value, but then 100%. our bodies are very um, scrutinized. And Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just picked over so many times. And so honestly, it's like, yeah, whenever there's just scraps left, what am I supposed to do? Well, yeah, you still have value, even whenever you've been picked over. Um, and you can still, you know, walk away with a wholeness and sense of self. Um, but it takes, you know, it takes a lot of love and a lot of effort to say like, screw you guys. That's like a tough thing that I know I'm even working through at this time. It's so nice to have someone who's like working with clients professionally to ask so many questions about this because that is something that comes to mind, especially for me as a black woman. And I know you're out in Louisiana. There's a lot of that, right? We're literally having to riot about the fact that we have value. So that's that's really tough. And that's something that I don't think I even realized until recently was really having a day-to-day impact on me and how I see my body and how I see myself. So when you're working with clients, um, 
how do you get them to see that in themselves? Because, you know, I know you work with a lot of LGBTQ clients and black clients, um, different women, right? All body shapes. So how do you kind of instill that or help them see value in themselves when everything outside of them is kind of telling them otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, so just by coming up with uh, two or three valuable phrases or words for yourself, it, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be incredibly difficult, but coming up with those are kind of like the beginning of the steps. So you get a chance to actually create some kind of foundation by identifying something that you really love about yourself, that you really feel comfortable. You feel safe enough in your body, right. safe enough in your space whenever you experience XYZ, whatever it may be. Um, and from there, we kind of just build on that and just keep adding to the list is one of them. Um, but also to uh, like actively create a safer place. So I always tell people like my office is as safe as it can be. I do my best work to keep it safe, but this is also a place that you have to identify if it's safe enough. And right. most people do, but I do try really hard not to claim right away, this is a safe place because maybe it's not for some people and maybe going to a new place is part of the danger. And so there's, there's like a curating safety in when they come to the office and then whenever they're leaving the office, sometimes it's just a person's car. Um, and I tell people like, you know, the stuff that you listen to, then if it's in your car, that's your safe place. If home is not, then whenever you're in your car, make sure you have a playlist that uh, reflects that. Make sure that you have, uh, you know, uh, things inside of your car. Like we always kind of uh, make fun of, you know, having like trinkets and little things that we love sometimes because we just hold on to them. Right. But if they serve a purpose, if they have a memory, if they right. give you some kind of recalling of peace, keep it. You know? Yes. Like, hold it with you. Um, you know, let it, let that memory stick a little bit longer. That's yeah. totally okay. Yeah. So there, so like there's that we do, I do a lot of like mirror work with people. Um, so just looking in the mirror for just a couple of moments, um, and stating what you see without any judgment. And the moment you think or even speak a judgment, you step out of the mirror. Um, and so we do that kind of over and over again, in the office. And then I ask them to practice it at home because that stuff can be so powerful when you're just looking in the mirror and you say one kind, one powerful, one nice thing about yourself. Like think about right. how often we don't do that as women. Yeah. And <laughs> the moment that we pass judgment, step out of the mirror because right. it gives you a chance to say no. Whenever I say that, I, I refuse to see myself in that judgment and right. that judgment isn't me. So I'm going to step out of the mirror and I'm going to go back to the mirror when I can, whenever that may be. And I'm going to say another kind, uplifting, positive, um, honoring thing. You know, sometimes I even tell people like, you're not going to, if you can't be in a positive place, that's okay. Honoring is good enough. You know, saying like, my body is what serves me because I need a body. Right. That, like, <laughs> that is a hundred percent true. And if that's all you can say, that's all you can say. Yeah. Yeah, like I love that because it really offers people a spectrum, uh, you know, to of where to start. And I think we're all starting in such different, varied places, especially given the fact that our bodies look different. So we're all interacted with differently, right? Like there's like pretty privilege, there's like skinny privilege, there's like, you know, you can have all this mixture of 
you know, I, I'm a black woman, but I'm also a skinny black woman. So it's like this mixture of different places where I'm coming from, where there's aspects of me that maybe I'm not able to accept. And there's aspects of me that I'm working through fighting for, you know, acceptance. And then there's aspects of me that like, I haven't even ever thought about because they're so accepted by society that I don't have to think about it, you know? And I think that is such a beautiful like place to start and helping them to have like that that grounding, that safety. So I know you you said you've worked through an eating disorder before, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So your journey with embodiment, like what does that look like for you? And what kinds of lessons, what kinds of things are you bringing um, to your clients when you work with them um, from your experience of working through an eating disorder? Because that's pretty like serious and I'm not sure if any listeners have had that experience, but yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, and, and so I even like to think that, you know, an eating disorder doesn't have to be full on going to like an immersive, um, uh, facility to work through right. it. You know, like a lot, like think also just about our relationship with food. If you have a struggled relationship with food. Um, it may not categorize as an eating disorder, but it could be something that you still want to observe and you still yeah. want to honor how and what food does for us. Um, and so just working to undo a, like always anything that society says about anything else, I'm always like, mm, but is that you? Is that what's good for you? If society says that, you know, certain diets or foods or such are better, then is that really true for you? Right. Usually the answer is no. Um, and, but so like for me, I, I just noticed that it was, I was getting simultaneously frustrated with how my body was not responding and what it was telling me at the same time. So when I was in graduate school, I, I loved the work that I do, but I was very stressed out by um, a certain site that I was at. And, um, and it was, it was actually kind of chaotic. I started to like lose some of my hair. I noticed like, I noticed that I had some hair loss. Um, and I noticed that like, I, I stopped having a cycle altogether and yeah, that's happened and to so, me before too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> odd because how many times whenever um I can recall so many times whenever I would tell somebody that, they were like, Oh, you know, I mean it, golly, I wish I didn't have a period. And I was like, I wish that I did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so different in what goes on and how we communicate. Um, and as soon as that happens, I was frustrated with my body, but then I started saying, Okay, well, am I listening to it? It really was showing me signals, but I was thinking that I was more frustrated with that. So I started just listening, you know, why is it that I'm not having a cycle? Why am I losing hair? What's going on? Starting with simple observations. What is the most difficult thing that I did today? Or what is the thing I dread the most next week? Those are going to be your big questions that you can answer so easily because they're Mm -hmm. obvious. Once you say that, and once you put that down on pen and paper, then how much do you want to address that? Do you think, oh my gosh, I just want to leave altogether this? That then probably is causing you a lot of stress. So then you kind of ask you some more questions and say, you know, is it possible for me to leave? Sometimes if you're at a job, it takes time to leave the job. Um, for me, I was an intern and I knew that I could speak my truth. I knew that I didn't have to stay, but there were things that I wanted to still learn. So I said, okay, how can I reposition this? I tried and it didn't work. So I was like, all right, that's it. I can't be at this site anymore. It's not working for me. My body is literally telling me stop. And so I honored that. And 
So the process of like coming back to my body was a lot of listening, um, a lot of anger and a lot of crying. Mm. And, um, and I, and I think all of that is okay. It just felt so abnormal, you know? Yeah. So often we just think that, um, you know, we need to fix something so quickly and instead of learn to be quiet and be a little more patient. um, Yeah. I completely get that too. And I love that you brought up like anger and sadness and all of these emotions that honestly, we're not often allowed to be in touch with as women. We're supposed to be kind of like positive little fairies that just, you know, walk around all day suppressing and never, you know, being assertive, never being angry, never being these other emotions that are negative. And I love that you got in touch with that. What was that experience like? And how did you go about embodying those emotions? Because I think that's scary for a lot of people. They don't know. They've never touched it. Yep. Nope. (laughs) So, I mean, so I also think, um, too, like what would be good to honor is like, is what's going on in our black community is not being allowed to show anger. Um, because the moment that anger actually does surface, then it's not just what has been on the surface. It's been years and years. And so truthfully, um, it does not matter what you're going through right now. The anger that does surface is likely a compounded anger. Mm. So actually honoring that and just telling the people around you, I think would be important saying like, I cannot stop feeling this anger and I'm not going to stop feeling it. I'm not asking you to fix it. I'm asking you to let me be. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I think, I think that's a first kind of step in is uh, for boundaries is a big one. And so to tell people, you know, like I'm going to be safe, I'm going to do what I can, you know, to make sure that I am not put in any kind of harm's way. But right now I've got to express a lot of anger. So sometimes you can do it in a bedroom, you know, like with uh, yelling at a pillow, doing something like that. Sometimes you can do it in a really big way. Sometimes we're allowed to, and I say that allowed to because it's, it, we <laughs> always have the right to, to go out and protest and riot, but also we are shown that we shouldn't at the same time. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, and so it's, it's a very difficult, like tight line to walk because right. it's okay to, to, you know, have your freedom, but the moment that you do show it, you're not allowed to. Yeah. We're going to demonize you. We're going to humiliate you. We're going to shoot yeah. at you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so, um, and so, like, so that's why I say like setting safety rules and boundaries. I mean, even within your own community is going to be a big thing too. Um, yeah. And so it depends on how communal of a person you are too, whenever it's time to express your anger. If it's just you and yourself, identify some ways that are going to be safe enough for you. Um, I have a, a really fun thing that I always tell people to do is, um, is take uh, those like squishy balls that you throw around in the pool um, that retain a lot of water go throw those up against a wall. Um, That's not going to cause any damage, but it's going to be able to release a lot of aggression. The splat of that water is going to be really satisfying. And that can be a very um, quick, immediate way to help open up the floodgates. So sometimes it even kind of feels weird to yell for the first time. Sometimes it feels weird to cry for the first time because we're so used to crying and then laughing it off with someone. Yeah, or minimizing it. Yeah. Just like completely minimizing everything. Yeah. 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 So just finding like, so I mean, um, uh, I, I know some people who, who like would throw eggs at a tree because 
that was also kind of one of those satisfying immediate things. Um, there are a lot of uh, resources online too that have a lot of that expressive anger kind of things that you can go and do. Sometimes yeah. it has to be more physical. Sometimes it can be through art. It can be through words. Um, it can be through music, you know? And so finding a way that does actually honor that kind of stuff. And I think categorizing it as that saying like, Whenever I listen to this music, this is going to be how I'm going to be showing, you know, my anger for a little while. Letting that playlist only be right. your anger would be really important. Um, you know, doing that medium of, uh, of artwork, whatever it may be, would be really important for letting out that anger reserving those little squishy balls for throwing, you know, um, against the wall would be a good way too. And then like having different levels, you know, so writing mm. that out would be so good for you because then you don't have to think hard the next time about whenever it's time, whenever right. again, cause the time will come. Um, but I know that letting it out is going to be so good because we all have generations of anger. So many. Yeah. Like that's, that's something that's really been, um, visible to me lately where, you know, just thinking about as women, especially like we you're born with all your eggs. So I was in my mother for her whole life. Right. Um, my, my, my core DNA was in her for that and was in my grandmother at one point. Right. Cause my mom was born with all her eggs. So there's at least three generations of trauma I was kind of currently present for, even if I wasn't consciously present for it, it affected me, what she ate, what, what she felt, um, everything that was in her. And so, yeah, just thinking about even just that, it doesn't even have to be, you know, if you find that you're not a a person that comes from like a traumatic lineage, like being black, I mean, everyone's is kind of traumatic as a woman, but like, you know, if you come from from different levels of trauma, right. um, That's something to think about. Like, what does your mother go through and how are you carrying that? Because a lot of some of that stuff is just not even ours. How do we get rid of some of this stuff that's not ours? Yeah. Yeah, So, so, so first identifying what isn't yours, um, and then doing some kind of ritual that's going to be good for you to release it. Um, I mean, like everybody has their own different thing. Some people it's more big and extravagant. Some people can just simply say that's not mine anymore, and I leave that alone and I leave it be. And that's totally cool. Like if that's what you can do, man, like more power to you because I can't do that. Like right. <laughs> so much more it has to be kind of like a um, multi-day process of of telling others that I, that I am getting rid of this so like mine I'm communal I have to talk to people about it um, I I like that process of uh, of communication and that's how I get my energy too and so for me I tell everybody yeah so I so I'm so I'm a really communal person I will tell a lot of people what's going on with me because that's a really cathartic process for me is like talking to my friends talking to my support system telling them this is what I think is going on I need help I need feedback um, uh, some people are good at just writing it out and burning it. You know, think about like the process, right. of, like what an effigy is. Yeah. Um, some people, uh, you know, really like to uh, put it in the form of like artwork and then throw it away, burn it, put it up somewhere even like as a reminder, that's totally fine too. Um, but sometimes I think it also can be done. Uh, I, I do a lot of work Um, with like EMDR. I do that with some people. And uh, so that kind of process can be really good too. So like sometimes it can be done in therapy. Sometimes you can do it on your own. Yeah. 
I like to tell people a lot, it'll be really good for you to do a daily practice and it takes a while to, to lead up to it. But I think it's really beautiful as to when you're going to bed, however you may lay down, put your hand on your chest and under your stomach and just pay attention to how you're breathing. So the more aware you are of your breath, the more it changes to something that is supposed to be healing to you. And so we usually breathe in a certain way because we're running around, we're doing something, we're unconsciously nervous that somebody is going to pay too much attention to our breath, um, or we're trying to be quiet in a moment. So we silence our breathing. Like we change our breath work all the time. So right. Yeah. At night, put your hand on your chest and put it onto your stomach, and you'll start to feel that like rhythm of how you actually breathe. And what's supposed to be more healing for you. And then ask yourself some questions like, you know, was there something today that isn't mine to hold? Mm. And if you're breathing, um, you know, changes for a moment, usually the answer is probably yes. Then going forward and saying, okay, what was it that's not mine to hold? You will know it. It will come to you. It'll come to you in forms of actual words. It'll come to you in the forms of that experience that happened um, or a thought or, you know, whatever it may be. Some people are more visual and see actual like metaphorical images and such. Right. And so then decide in that moment, okay, with every breath that I take, I'm going to release that. I'm going to push it out. It's not going to be mine. I'm not going to hold on to it anymore. Um, you know, saying some even more assertive things like, what I hold that I do not want to hold will not affect my breathing. It will not affect the way that mm. I live. It I will love not that intention. The way that I support myself. Like start just actually taking the the process of being yourself, supporting yourself, and usually think about in terms of even if you don't have parents that are like very aggressively supportive, you've likely got some friends, some coworkers, some people who would identify more as that mama bear type thing. Put yourself in that situation, put yourself in that mama bear thought and say, be that assertiveness for your own self. Um, you know, and just let that be a daily process every single night of correcting, holding and releasing, you know, the way that you breathe and how you're supposed to be. I love that. I literally love all of that. I love that intention. I've even, as you were talking, I was like, yeah, I'm not breathing. I'm like not breathing from like where I know is healing, which is like my abdomen, you know, that deep kind of womb like breath. If you guys are listening and you were also doing that as well, try to breathe, you know, lower, like kind of from your pussy, also from like that womb space, like babies breathe and their stomachs go out. And a lot of times we're very chesty with it. So I love that practice. I love that intention of saying like, was there anything that I'm holding on to today that, you know, I shouldn't be or not shouldn't be, I don't want to should anybody, but that is not mine. Right. Is there anything that I'm holding on to that is not mine? That's an intention. Uh, like, and I, I love that you said the thing about babies because I totally forgot. That's something I always tell people too. Like, whenever you look at a at a an infant breathing, that thing is moving its stomach, and yeah. they really do like actually do that whole breath work. And so, one of the things that I totally know that is a part of it, and without even just looking at the research, is that as women, we do not like to have a belly. We don't like to have a stomach because a lot of the world says we're not supposed to. So um, think about, you know, if you breathe from your stomach, then you have a stomach to work on. 
there's so much drama with the patriarchy that that is so true. I realized I was having so much anxiety and I realized I was sucking in my stomach and I was also insecure because I was losing weight and I don't try to lose weight. I'm already like a thin person and it was causing me a lot of stress because I was scared. I was like, why am I losing weight? Like I don't want this for myself, you know? And I realized even as a person who was like feeling really small and skinny, I was sucking my stomach in. And that is scary because we know the power of breath work. We know that it brings you calm. It helps you soothe yourself. It helps you to be rooted in yourself so that you can operate in the world as a whole authentic being. And for us to be sucking that in constantly is like harmful. It's a harmful practice. (laughs) Such a harmful practice. Um, I think so much about like the metaphor of like an actual tree, you know, takes in a lot of um, uh, like a lot of in that oxygen in or like or releases a lot of oxygen through the leaves, through the branches and all of that because that because the sun, you know, photosynthesizes from the top going down. So if you think too about our breathing system, it's like your lungs and your heart are up here at the top and then everything from there branches out. And so think about like a root system too, like a tree. So like if you're only breathing from up here, then the root system doesn't get any nutrients. Right. And so like all of the process of a tree photosynthesizes pushes stuff down to the tree roots, which then gather and find more water that then push back up to the top. So like, it has to be this like, like the same way, you know, like you start up here in your chest, in where your lungs are, you take a deep breath in. And then as you like push it out, like push all of that down, you know, like move into your stomach and um and it's it's so odd when you first start it but like I I do a lot of work like with kids too and I tell them to think of their their bellies like a big balloon and so you you do like your best to like expand 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 the balloon and then pull it back in and then right so you can push a little more just because it's like whenever you're first practicing that your belly is going to be like, how do I move again? Yeah. What's happening? Like, what are these muscles? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean like, so all of that process is like, it's so difficult and it's so beautiful too at the same time. Um, Cause you're like honoring yourself. You're giving a big, huge middle finger to the society that said that you're not allowed to have a belly, you know, and you're like, and you're also like honoring your body and loving your body, like all in just a breath like that's all yeah beautiful beautiful oh i love it so if you had just one takeaway for everybody um something that's really been impactful for you maybe a practice or a mantra or something really just short and easy for people to do they could even possibly do it right now what do you got for us (laughs) yeah yeah. oh so telling people i would love to i would love to have just like a like an audio recording on every street that just says, um, I honor myself as I am and I support myself as I am and as I will be. Mm. And so I think that saying that kind of thing is, again, you know, not making sure that we don't always have to sit in that positive area. If all you can do is just be where you are now, that's okay. And if you do want to go further, then you can start with those more like assertive, positive, you know, more like pushing you a little bit. But if for now you need to just sit 
And um, in your, uh, my friend and I talk about it is like our, your initial little seed pod, if that's all like the place that you can be and you're not in an area of growth yet, then just be in your little seed pod. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you can replant and you can move to a bigger space and you can put in deeper roots. But right now if you're just in your little seed pod, then just say things like I honor myself as I am and I will support myself as I will be or as I am now. You know, just kind of phrasing it in the way that feels natural to you. And if you have to listen to my voice first, sure, go for it. And then deciding your own words will help as you keep going. Yeah, I love that. And I'm I'm really also into like voice memos and listening to my own voice say stuff. So mm-hmm. I feel like that could be a really good meditation idea for you to record. Yeah. Just like have that on repeat for people to listen to and to have in their ears. Because I know for me, I'll listen to Louise Hay or somebody like that when I feel like I'm not able to think as positively for myself as I as I wish. And so I'm like, I need somebody else to do it. Um, so I love that mantra. I really love that takeaway. And I think that was such a good mantra um, to share with our audience. And we're so glad to have you here speaking with us. And so, yeah, do you have anything to share? Anything that's new? What's coming up? What new projects are you doing? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, so I have a, uh, I just started an Etsy site um, that I love. It's called Bloom Bold. And um, uh, a lot like, I, what I, what I decided kind of shortly after, um, or like as it was a little bit before, um, uh, the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg was that there would be like a monthly donation. So for now, the monthly donation is to go to some of the, uh, foundations that she supported. And, um, and I'm even in the process of like working with some, uh, colleges to put a little bit of extra money in the scholarship funds for women. And so I think that that's really, really important as a woman who put myself through, um, you know, graduate school with scholarships. It was a lot of effort to find all of those. I think that is so important to continue the funding for it Um, in whatever tiny little way that I can, you know, it gets, it gets it closer and closer to that actual dedication of a scholarship. So, um, so that's a really big thing for me. Um, uh, my website, sacredself.co, um, is in the process of, of being reworked, but you know, hopefully it'll be up within the day. And um, I do have uh, a podcast with my friend, Will Keller and I, uh, the Brainworks podcast, and we actually just recorded a meditation. And oh, yay. it's going to go up too. Yeah. So that's, um, I can't, I think I recorded like 10 minutes. And uh, it's just kind of like scanning every part of your body and just saying, saying that your body is good and just going to the mm. next part of your body. You know, I mean, like so often, even the whole embody work, we pay attention to the things that we feel safe enough to do. And sometimes it's okay to like challenge yourself and like look at your whole body, scan the whole right. thing, movement by movement, ligament by ligament. Um, and like all of your body is good. Like everything. Yes. Yes. I love that. So thank you so much for joining us today and for having this conversation. This is incredible. I learned a lot. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please also be sure to rate and subscribe to the Pussy Podcast. It really helps us to gain visibility so that we can reach more women just like you who are in pursuit of pleasure. Also, make sure you share this with your friends. We love you and we can't wait for next week.